Hey everyone, just a quick note before we get going. The episode you're about to hear was recorded before the Baltimore Orioles traded for Corbin Burns. Yes, you heard that right. The Orioles made a trade. A notable trade. A trade that vaulted them all the way up from 24th in starting pitcher war the last time we talked about it to 12th. They just leapfrogged half the teams in front of them in a single Burns. They also vaulted, if you can call it that, over the Pirates from second lowest competitive balance tax figure to third lowest. See, that wasn't so hard. I mention this because you're about to hear us talk about the Orioles' ownership situation. You will hear us express some cautious optimism. Knowing what we know now, we might have been even more optimistic. Orioles fans, I give you permission to throw caution to the winds, at least for right now. Be happy. Your team made a trade. We got an email after that trade from Patreon supporter JMAD, who said, Ben, last week you went on a John Angelos rant, and in the last two days we've gotten rid of Angelos and added Corbin Burns. Is this real? I'm going to need you to harness this newfound power for even more good in the future. This is amazing. Is it correlation? Is it causation? I'll let you be the judge. We will talk about that trade with the Brewers for Burns in exchange for Joey Ortiz, DL Hall, and a competitive balance pick next time. But my ranting days are done for now, at least on this particular topic. Thus ends this optimistic intro to the intro. Let's get started. Well, it's moments like these that make you ask, how can you not be horny about baseball? Every take hot and hotter, entwining and abutting, watching climbing mountain. Nothing's about nothing, every stitch wet with sweat, breaking balls back, me on effectively, well, why can you not be horny? When it comes to podcasts, how can you not be horny? Hello and welcome to episode 2119 of Effectively Wild, a baseball podcast from Fangraphs presented by our Patreon supporters. I am Ben Lindbergh of The Ringer, joined by Meg Rowley of Fangraphs. Hello, Meg. Hello. And we are joined by two friends of the show, friends of ours. Meg's counterpart at Baseball Prospectus, managing editor of BP, at least <laughs> titular, titular counterpart. I don't know if uh, the, the seniority, the ranking here, <laughs> perhaps not, but in terms of title, <laughs> the managing order, managing editor of Baseball wow. Prospectus, Patrick ben. Dubuque is here. Hello, Patrick. Wow. <laughs> Uh, good morning. I, I'm confused. <laughs> you should have managing edited my introduction there. But what I was <laughs> attempting to convey is that we are also joined by the number one on the editorial totem pole I at see. Baseball Perspectives. Okay. The the editor in chief who outranks okay. you, Patrick. Don't even wow. try to contradict yeah. Craig Goldstein when he lays down the law about <laughs> what is going to run at Baseball Perspectives. His word goes. The buck stops with him. It's wow. true. And, and when it comes to Patrick and I, and this is, this is, I'm going to say this in honor of Vanderpump Rules returning uh, this week. I'm the number one guy in the group. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're constantly coming to blows and overruling Patrick. And well, just, I mean, especially when it comes to whether a number one needs to be represented as no and a period and a space and then the number one or whether it should be a pound sign. <laughs> those those are, are what our disagreements <laughs> mostly are, yeah. are Wait, about. Does not the, the, the Saber, st- Saber style guide, I believe, says uh, no period, yeah. right? That like, is what we use. Lowercase okay. N. Okay. All right. Who's the I pound still... sign advocate, though? I'm, I'm, I actually am not the pound sign. I, I, uh, no, fine. but that's the type. It's indicative of the type. But if you want to know the, okay. the true thing that it comes down to is, uh, and it does relate to numbers, is Patrick wants to write out nearly every number. Oh, um, that's bad. And well, so in my defense, some, <laughs> some numbers are numbers and some numbers are go. ideas. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. okay. When I a number is an idea, like when when I say I'm 30 and I'm not, then that doesn't represent necessarily a numerical age. It could just mean a feeling of being 30. And that's an important distinction. Here's the thing. Patrick tried to use this to me on, I, I believe, 12 and also 17. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, no. Yeah. No, like, like a, a, a million, like that strikes me as more of an ideas number than oh, like sure. a... Yeah, but like I'm not making 17 is just like that's just a number, Patrick. You know, that's (laughs) it is until I'm editor in chief. Oh boy, (laughs) yeah. Oh boy, over Craig's dead body. I've basically (laughs) traded him a three-year reign on on that type of stuff, so that Mm -hmm. I don't have to do s apostrophe s everywhere, which I understand (laughs) is correct, but I hate it. Oh, I'm a I'm an s apostrophe move on person too. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. so exciting. I was expecting to be admonished for my No, you're my take you're there. right about that. I think Thank you. that's my well, that's my preference also. Yeah. I still mm-hmm. remembered how to abbreviate number according to the BP style from my own days as the top dog at baseball mm. prospectus, but those days are long gone. Yeah, so yeah. What, did, what, are hands. you just a senior editor now? We've yeah. got so many different types of editors on this. Just a measly yeah. senior editor. I've come down in the world since my editor in chief days. I've been demoted multiple rungs my favorite is when i i do um radio or something with mike farron and he calls me the executive editor of fangraphs which has <laughs> never ever been my title but it's so, i, I think it it's sounds nice. nice yeah it's jazzy and so like i just haven't had the heart to correct him um, then, then you yeah. say demoted but it's like it's like going from a senior in high school to a freshman in college it's a, a little bit it's a, is it yeah i don't know Smaller fish, bigger pond sort of situation, potentially. Yeah. Well, as scintillating as it would be for listeners to hear us talk about our titles (laughs) and whether we write out or put numerical values for numbers, we could probably move on. Although I should say, I guess, that you guys have a new product out. That is why we have you on. I mean, we're always happy to have you on. But we have you on because, specifically, Baseball Prospectus has a new annual out this week, officially. Although, that's kind of a moving target, I guess, when when the annual comes out. It seems to spread out over a period of several weeks. Uh, People start getting the annual before the street date. And some people get it after the street date. I saw some annuals turning up in the wilds. Days ago, if not weeks ago, so it's out there. <laughs> but yeah, the the first one I think I saw was at least like a week ago that was shipped, which was yeah. far sooner than I had had anticipated. Yeah, um, I will also I I will say I did get one note. Someone said I got mine, uh, but it's it's uh, backwards and upside down. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I thought, oh oh dear. Yeah, you hope that's so, an isolated occurrence. <laughs> I I really hope so, but Ben, I got to tell you, I can't imagine that it is. It seems it would be really hard to Craig, we're trying to sell copies of the Baseball Prospectus Annual on this podcast. We're not trying yeah, to tell well, people that no, it might I, be well, backwards. I just want to warn people. Like, first of all, we, baseball person, I don't I don't get to I'm not involved in the printing. So I'm just going <laughs> to we don't but just be aware and like we're going to fix it is what I'm going to tell you. You you'll get one that's a normal one. But maybe it'll be like a like a, a misprinted card. Yeah, it's an error card. It's just a, a complete recall of wait. the of the baseball perspective saying it's the Dale Murphy. Wait, I want to make sure I understand the issue at play here. It's just that the the internal book and the cover are, are not oriented properly toward one another. Is that the issue here? Uh, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, what the message I received said: I received my beautiful and much anticipated book. Beautiful, and oh, it is okay, printed nice. upside down and backwards. <laughs> Still beautiful, though. If yeah. it's upside, I mean, upside down. That seems like a you know. I, I don't want to tell this person how to read, but like that seems like an easy problem to sort out. You know, just flip it over. Skill yeah, issue? Over. Should I write back skill issue? <laughs> no, I think you should be. Would be nice to them because they seem to not be yeah, trying no, to give you the nice. business about it. But um, but also <laughs> like I would just encourage that person to feel less stressed because they can just flip it over, you know. And then this yeah, then but it's just I, a book. do you think it is printed right to left is the hard part? Yeah. Oh, right to left is that's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Wow. See, I remember the year when there was no index. Uh, people were upset about that. We had to do a supplementary index. And then, of course, notoriously, the very first year, there was no Cardinals chapter. Yeah. But this would be up there in we're the, innovating. the annual yeah. annals. Have you have you heard from anyone who got a book that is not upside down and backwards? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so it's Maybe not, there's just one bad run. It's not all of them, at least. Yeah. Right. I, my, my, what I said internally was uh, that... I can't imagine it is the only one printed like this. I hope it is one of very few shipped like this. <laughs> right. right, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. don't want to discourage anyone from buying this lovely, possibly upside nope. down and backwards, but still beautiful book. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be a collector's item if it is shipped to you that way. Yeah. And all the words will be there in some form. So that's the important part. And really, when it comes to this book, the editorial hierarchy is reversed. Because right. Patrick Dubuque, I think, outranks Craig Goldstein, who's a measly associate editor on this book. It is edited. The names on the cover are Patrick Dubuque, Brian Grosnick, and Ginny Searle, which I guess means that we could more readily blame Patrick for the backwards and upside right. down printing. Thank although you. that is probably the publisher's fault, if anyone's. You can blame me for the order that the teams are in the book, forwards <laughs> or backwards, which is another source of constant contention. Yes, always hot topic. Yeah, I'm I'm we, an alphabetical man. We myself. are back to alphabetical. Yeah, well, so good. Congratulations. All right. Unless You're welcome, ben. everything's backwards, in which case I guess it's the opposite of alphabetical. But that would also be alphabetical in a way. So that would work just as well. Anyway, it's annual season. We're very happy that it's annual season. We'll talk about the book and what's inside it, whichever way it's printed in just a moment. Though I should say that the cover boy is Adley Rutschman which is topical because the one banter topic that we have today before we get to our exercise, we're playing a bit of a game, an annual guessing game. Our one banter topic is that the Orioles are or are about to be or will at some unspecified point when their current owner perishes and expires. I mean, look, that's, that's, that's the what agreement. it is. It's true. It's <laughs> great. Not trying to be irreverent here. That's, I mean, that's what the contract calls for here. Peter Angelos, he could stick it out for years and years, and yeah. nothing might change in terms of the majority ownership here. But the owners are going to be different at some point, and that at least in the abstract, is good news <laughs> because it can't get worse. We have certainly talked about John Angelos a lot on this podcast. I look forward to potentially talking about him less at some point. However, owners are always a bit of a black box, much like the annual, which may be backwards and upside down. You never know <laughs> which way the or John, the John Angelos was backwards and upside he was. down. He was, yeah. yeah. And you never know with an, an owner. There's sometimes a cipher, too, until they're actually in the chair and they start spending or not. 
But there is a lot of optimism on the part of Orioles fans, which I think is understandable and Mm. to some degree justified, right? The new control person will be David Rubenstein. And there's a lot we could say about David Rubenstein. He's a billionaire, obviously. You'd have to be to purchase a team for more than a billion dollars, although less than $2 billion. There are a couple billionaires involved here. They're both private equity people. That did give some people pause. But David Uh Rubenstein is a Baltimore native. He is an Oriole rooter. There are reasons for optimism he's, about he makes his. It sounds like he he goes out and hunts them, you know, like he's rooting them. He's yeah, or worse, them from potentially. Their nest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what do you guys make of this? How happy should Orioles fans be? Because I don't want to harsh their vibe. It's been bad enough. We've done recent Orioles rants, multiple editions of that on this podcast. So I'm happy to let them have their day. But Craig, what would you say about this as uh, someone who at least has lived in roughly that geographical area? Yeah, I, I am a, I, I am a once in future uh, Maryland resident. I, mm-hmm. I am currently a, a Marylander. Um, I, I think this is good news. I don't want to get like over my skis about it. You don't know how any of these guys are going to act, but it is hard to imagine it, it being significantly worse than the current John Angelos tenure. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it can be, right? It can be John Fisher, which he was kind of trying to be, right? It seemed like he wanted yeah. to maybe move the team and was trying to hold the, the city hostage and that kind of stuff. So like it can't get much worse. As far as what we do know about Rubenstein, like you said, he's from Baltimore. He seems to be at least somewhat grounded in Baltimore. He cares about sports. I mean, I I like to make fun as a a, a UNC fan for basketball. I think the worst thing about him, even understanding his private equity background, is that he went to Duke. But um, he is, I believe, like he goes to their games, right? Like he, he is involved in sports. He's a sports fan. I also like, again, not to be grim, but he's 74. Um, <laughs> and I don't know that he, you you necessarily buy your hometown team and then are like, go for austerity at 74 mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. like, it's a good investment. Now, I will say that like, I am not a billionaire and they are built different, right? They, I mean, I kind of said this about Jerry Reinsdorf recently, like he's trying to get a new stadium and it's like, buddy, you're in the 80s. Like, why Why one pulling off one last grift? But like, you know, that's possible. Maybe it's the case. I don't know. Uh, but it does seem like he, he, and this all sounds so weird, but I guess billionaires are weird. Like he bought the Magna Carta and then donated it to the, to the Smithsonian. It yeah. doesn't seem like he's necessarily like the most focused on making the most out of every single dollar. He has right. his interests and goes about pursuing them. Uh, he was potentially going to be involved in buying the Nationals. Then obviously he he seems to have made a, a pivot to the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think this is good news. I don't know that it necessarily heralds like the Dodgers, right? I mean, this is just not as big a market. It's going to, they have a diff- very different TV deal situation, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I do think there's reasons to be optimistic, despite the private equity background, which I saw kind of people making, you know, making hay of a little bit. But, you know, Mark Walter comes from private equity 
Peter Seidler came from private equity. Right. Steve Cohen comes from private equity, right? Like there are a lot of big spenders with with private equity backgrounds in the in the majors. Uh, you can also point to Bruce Sherman in Miami as the other end of that. Right. He's probably somewhere in between that, right? Those those three guys and and Bruce Sherman. But I guess the point is like even even in in that situation, if he's somewhere in between them, that's a big step up in terms of potential spending compared to to the Angelos, uh, the recent Angelos tenure. Yeah, I think that like, you know, I saw people uh, getting excited because he tweeted and they're like, it's like Uncle Steve. And I'm like, we don't need to do that <laughs> news cycle again, do we? Like, we don't have to do the Uncle Steve thing again. But I think that where I've landed is, you know, they have to show us what they are going to understand their obligations to be in terms of spending. But I think that, you know, to let Orioles fans like breathe easy, I guess, or be excited, like it, I cannot stress enough how little it would take for the, for them to spend in a way that would help this team be better in the immediate future. It's just, it, it would take st- it would take such a small investment, and it sounds like he's interested in doing more than that. I mean, he in his little tweet had the the good the good paragraph, right, which is like, "Yay, we want to bring a World Series back to Baltimore." And then he had the private equity uh, paragraph that was like, <laughs> "And we will we will spur economic growth, and we can yeah. catalyze development." So, like, that you know, something concerning. <laughs> yeah, we can only ever be ourselves. Um, and I guess time will tell, sort of, which of those paragraphs his tenure sort of balances toward more than the other. But um, I think that it's a good. It's a good development because, like I said, you know, particularly with the the team that they have in place right now, like you don't have to spend very much to to get a, a good bit better um, and sort of push them up the the East uh, rankings. Ben, do you feel personally responsible for the team getting sold after your two very impassioned rants? You had feelings, yeah, and then yeah. you know, good stuff I'd be happened. Happy do you feel to take credit if I drove him away? Yeah, yeah, if he was just, just so so scathed by my scathing. <laughs> critique that uh, he decided to pack up and leave that'd be that'd be a nice little legacy for me i think this was in the works for a while though probably predated my recent orioles rants but well yeah. it almost scuttled the deal the deal between the state and the the orioles right i right. like it seemed it came out that they they might be being sold and then john angelos right. had to look at various state uh, legislators in the eye and lie to them and say, yeah. I'm not going to do I'm, yeah. I'm not selling the team. I mean, he's going to say, I'm not selling a majority of the team, is what he said. And he's only selling 40% for now. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you've had multiple, the state treasurer came out and was like, this guy lied. Uh, the, Brooke Learman, who's a, a state official, came out and said, like, he's, he's incredibly disrespectful, but also we crafted an agreement essentially assuming he was lying to us. So <laughs> it's all very, it's all very good. Uh, yeah, that's great. The, the one thing I was going to say was that even if they're not adding right now, right? Even if, even if this ends up being a wasted offseason because it's only 40% control of the team, uh, sure. to the new owners right now and they, and they don't add with what's left of the offseason, you know, Angelus was making a lot of noise around how hard it would be to extend Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rushman and, and, you know, the, the very exciting young players that are on this team. And I feel like at the very least, that becomes extremely more likely, if not probable, uh, under this ownership, even if they're not going to go hog wild in free agency, that you, you have a, a better chance of keeping kind of the current stars of the team on a longer basis. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, we don't know very much about the new owner. So my thoughts are mostly about Angelos. And I haven't moved in 15 years. Um, And one of the reasons I haven't is because I'm terrified of what I would have to do to my house in order to move. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the things that I should be fixing, I should have fixed 15 years ago because I've been living here, but just never got to. And I, I can't help but think about Angelos, who, you know, knew he was selling the team. And then also, like, had to make sure that he got that Dollar Park Village, you know, mm-hmm. sewed into his contract. Like, the amount of labor he went into to try and make sure that some future owner would get to have the uh, usual capitalist trappings of owning a ballpark and then just immediately selling it afterwards. is It's kind of the most work, the most honest work he has ever done <laughs> as far as owning this team, uh, which I, I just am a little impressed by, despite everything else. Yeah, I guess he was doing it for his uh, purchase price purposes, more so than for him to enjoy it long term. But the purchase price turned out to be pretty similar to the valuation anyway. Yeah. yeah, Which is a bit odd to me. I don't know. Yeah, it seems semi-underwhelming, if anything, the purchase price, $1.725 Is that it? But, I mean, it's still a nice rate of return, as Rob Maines wrote at your website, Baseball Prospectus, just today. But maybe a little less overwhelming than we're used to with a ballpark or stadium or uh, franchise figures. Yeah, especially given that, you know, the price tag that uh, has been put on those expansion teams that are coming around the corner any day now. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be above $2 million or $2 billion, right? So, interesting to me. But Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm happy that Orioles fans are happy tentatively, cautiously. I think cautiously is probably wise, but I I think there's basis to be semi-excited. It seems like you could do worse. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Has the Carlisle group been accused of uh, various uh, war profiteering activities? Yes. Uh, but <laughs> is he quite a philanthropist in his personal life? Also, yes. So, yeah, you know, bit of bit of this, bit of that, uh, I the, guess. The froyo is good and bad. You know? <laughs> I, I think we can assume that he refused to show the books that he promised <laughs> that were in the warehouse because they were all printed. Uh, backwards and upside down. <laughs> yeah. Realized he didn't want to embarrass himself. That probably is why. So, the annual. I'm pleased that there's yet another edition. This is the 29th. Is that right? That is correct. What wow. a tradition, an annual tradition, some might say. And I look forward to receiving the hard copy, however it's printed, and adding it to my now multiple shelves of Baseball Prospectus annuals going all the way back. I'm not really a a collector of many physical objects, but I I love just adding a new annual each year to my hoard and then just uh, kind of, you know, rubbing my hands together as I gaze on all the annuals just arrayed in a row. You could be a billionaire, Ben. I feel like you've got some traits here. I mean, that 96 annual, there are only like 200 copies printed. So I, I know one was recently acquired by somebody. So Ooh, how much? Yeah. Uh, that I don't know. I, it was, not, was it the new was like, owner of the Baltimore Orioles? And did he immediately <laughs> donate it? He bought the, the Magna Carta Smithsonian, yeah. Yeah. and the 96 annual. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. love to know what that nest egg is uh, is looking like for me. But <laughs> I I could never part with it. It's a prized possession from uh, BP's Dave P's years ago, which I cherish. But this just it's always so nice when the annual comes out again, because what can we count on? in these days of uh, disordered media environments and treasured institutions coming to an end and private equity possibly playing a role in that at times. And yet 
the BP annual endures and abides and soldiers on year by year. And that just brings warm, fuzzy feelings to my heart because, you know, the Bill James handbook just ended. And obviously, the Bill James handbook was much more stats-based than the BP annual, and so they ultimately felt that a lot of its utility had been moved online, although it was still nice to have a hard copy to flip through. But the BP annual still going strong. It's just always a, a rite of spring. It's a sign that the season is coming, and it's just good also. <laughs> it's just a good, entertaining book, especially when it's printed the right way. How many players, roughly, are featured this year? It's 2,100, I want to say. Yeah. We, we got to do something about that. It's a lot of players. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of middle you, relievers. I don't know if you yeah. know this, but there are more baseball players every year. Yeah, yeah, right. And I don't just mean, like, historically. Like, they just, we just, there are more major leaguers every year. Yes. Well, they have humongous stat boxes now. Since everybody gets called up and brought down, you know, all these stat boxes are nine lines long. I, <laughs> my main concern with the book now is basically pagination. And I'm constantly, like, I spent, I think, 12 hours straight the last day trying to get all the, all the boxes to fit neatly on pages so the paragraphs weren't cut in half. And you, um, you missed that it was backwards. Interesting. <laughs> 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 missed and the forest for the trees there. I started right. really, really hating teams for demoting players for, like, a week. <laughs> And just yeah. giving, taking up an extra line in the book each each page. <laughs> Very selfish of them. Yeah. Well, if anyone has somehow avoided knowing what a BP annual is or what's in one, do you want to give the pitch? Sure. So uh, what it is, is a catalog of essays about each team, uh, theoretically. It's <laughs> very loosely about each team sometimes, but it is... Uh, Sometimes it's about the team as it was. Sometimes it's about the team as it is. Sometimes it's the team as the uh, basis of an elaborate metaphor that may or may be about baseball or life <laughs> or a tree. Um, <laughs> then it also includes a few other essays, the fungos that are kind of miscellaneous essays about the state of the game, stuff like that. And then we have the comments. Uh, we have basically, I want to say, 40, full, 40 to 45 full comments that are paragraph long each on each player with the statistics and their next year's Pocota projection. And then we have a few stingers at the end for each chapter, uh, usually the one-liners that are my favorite writing in the book. And then you have the top prospects, the top 101, and some various miscellaneous stuff at the very end. But uh, yeah, it's a great collection. It's a it's a very useful uh, coffee table in the sense that like I never as a kid understood why coffee table books existed. Mm -hmm. It seemed <laughs> like just... I'm first of all, like, you know, that's something just to knock off a table when you're a kid. But, like, has something just to have by the table when you're watching a game and having another team play and seeing, oh, who's this guy? Uh, mm -hmm. And being able to look up what we have to say about him. It's it's a great thing for that. Yeah. You don't need the coffee table itself, just the book. It doesn't have to go on a coffee <laughs> table. You can just put your coffee on the book. It's, it's like, just shy of 600 pages. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like... Kramer's coffee table coffee table yes, book. Thank but. you. Thank you for being impressed that I got it under six hundred pages because that was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What kind of page stock you using this year? You must have sliced that pretty thin. Uh no, it's actually the the, the stock is the same. It's not it's not like twenty was it twenty fifteen? Yeah, twenty fifteen was the, the, the year. That was yeah. Every was every a, annual has something to get mad at. It was a yeah. slim year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every annual has something about mm -hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have to say that I like on top of what Patrick said, uh, he mentioned some miscellaneous stuff, but 
there are four to five uh, essays not tied to teams. There's one this year about how we've adapted our like hitting, uh, like our prospect evaluation, especially around hitters. Uh, as certain data has become more available, uh, Rob Maines almost always takes one of these, uh, we call them fungos, but they're, again, they're just kind of non, essays not tied to teams. He's looked at kind of how the, the zombie runner rule has impacted things. He does a lot of putting, putting a season into context. I don't know, Patrick, what I don't, uh, you, you wrote, uh, the average of everything or re, you reprised it. Um, to give people context on all these various stats that we include, you know, it can be hard to know what's good or what's bad. And so there's, there's a bunch of tables indicating kind of, you know, the top, bottom, uh, the top and bottom ends, who's in the middle. Uh, he puts player names to all of those things like that. It's, it is as, as you guys are saying, like, it's just very useful. And then the writing is really, really good. It features a bunch of, of really good writers, uh, some you know, some you don't, uh, some you might know but don't realize you do. One example I, that, that I'm fond of, the, the Red Sox essay this year is written by the screenwriter for the 2023 movie Air. Uh, so many people may have seen or know about that, but like he wrote, he wrote our Boston essay, um, and he has roots as a baseball blogger. So that was, that was fun. Uh, there are, there are other examples of, of things like that, but it's, it's just, it's a really fun. And I mean, it, it sounds like bragging since I'm involved, but like it really is just a well made, well written and, and produced thing when you get it not upside down and backwards. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and yeah, like, yes, the statistics are online, which is why we've, definitely try to pivot and focus more on the writing, mm -hmm. uh, which I think, you know, is good and yeah. I think makes it worth it still. Yeah. It's a good season preview resource. It's something I think a lot of people, as they listen to our team previews, when we do those series before the season starts on Effectively Wild, people will read those annual chapters or essays as we go. And it's also handy to have around during the season, too, because, again, more than 2,000 players in there, and you definitely do not know all of them. So when they show up, then you can flip open to the appropriate page in the annual, and you can suddenly know something about them. And that's nice. So it's a great coffee table book. It's also a great bathroom book, which I do not say to insult the literary quality. <laughs> it's or, an or honor. It's an honor. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's where you do a lot of your great reading if you're me. So <laughs> I mean that's where you that's where you want it. And it's you can pick it up, you can open to any page, you can flip through it, or you can go in order. Everyone consumes the annual in a different fashion, but they're all good <laughs> We're fashions. Gonna say that everyone consumes something else. <laughs> I was saying, you know, some, sometimes you've had a lot of Brussels sprouts, and <laughs> oh you just God. you need a book. You need a book that matches the amount of time you're, you know, in, indisposed. Yes, never been so concerned about my co-host Patrick. I'm happy to hear you defend the line out because my favorite piece of writing I think I've ever done was Pat Venditti's line out that one year. <laughs> Everybody has a line out that they they love. Yeah, um, I think about it like once every couple of months. Actually, you know, I'm like, mm, that was good work, Meg. Good for you. <laughs> We should make a hall of lineouts. I think that's one yeah. of the problems. Oh yeah! Oh, Patrick! Yeah! 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 yeah. Mm, get on that. <laughs> Good article idea. So go get it. Put it wherever you want in your coffee table, in <laughs> your bathroom, 
Don't. I'm not suggesting use it as toilet paper or anything. I'm. I. I have a bidet. No. You know I'm, what? I'm you and buy another. You. One. You. Yeah. <laughs> you can use the one, upside please. down and backwards one as toilet paper. Uh, maybe. Go get a, a you, usual. I'm sorry. Did coffee. you say you have a bidet? Oh yeah. He, oh yeah. Oh, big bidet guy. Bidet. Yeah. I've written wow. about it. Yeah. Yep. Talked about it a lot I'm on jealous. the pod. Way to f- weird way to find out you don't listen to the pod, Craig. Uh, I well, I've been very forthright in the fact that I barely leave I my house and thus uh, do know. not do not consume podcasts. Very yeah, much that can be a problem for podcast yep. listening. All right. Anyway, so we are here to do an exercise. While we do this exercise, while the the two head honchos of baseballperspectives.com are are engaged like this, who's next in the line of succession since we're talking yeah. about the hierarchy? Who's the the speaker of the house of baseball prospectus if if you two are incapacitated on this podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing the drinking part of the game. So is there a designated survivor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Designated, yeah, designated editor if there's an urgent typo while I we're recording. I think it would have to be, would have to be Jenny. Well, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Just we have a masthead, Ben. You can check. <laughs> I looked at the masthead, but it just says editors after yeah, the top updated? two. Yeah, there's. No... I thought I did update it. Oh, <laughs> oh. Edit, wow. edit thyself, Craig. I'm glad okay. we established yeah. my title so well at the beginning of this. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no one would know. Back, yeah. back me up. Is Patrick not listed as managing editor? He on is, masthead? yes. Okay. But uh, Ginny, Ginny is listed as just it's one just, of a great well, mass of editors yes. who are undifferentiated from each other. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that we even right. have a masthead, so, you know, you're doing fine. <laughs> so we're not playing the annual drinking game, I don't no. think. I mean, no. you're all welcome I'm drinking to drink. I'm it's not playing the drinking game. It's 12.38 where I am. <laughs> I have work to yeah. do after this. Yeah, you still have to edit. But yeah. but that is a tradition like the annual, the annual drinking game, which I honestly have never played. I appreciate mm. it, but I, I've never been called upon to play it. We have not played it on this podcast. We're basically going to be playing it without the drinking. Maybe it's a little less fun that way, but we're going to be doing... You can drink at home. Yeah, yeah. anyone can. Yeah, uh, The drinking game doesn't work because really you should not want to lose. And therefore, <laughs> really what we should have set up is just like pickle juice or something. Like something right. like... Well, no, you get to make other people drink if you get it right. Well, that's pickle true. juice that. is good. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Brussels sprouts deep in water. I don't, you know, we can figure something out. But uh, the one time I did play the drinking game, it involved a bottle of cotton candy vodka that okay. somebody Who's left. Whose fault my, was that, Patrick? Well, it, somebody left it at my house and I had to get rid of it. And so yeah. it did, like, it worked. It made me want to win, uh, which I did not. <laughs> I, I'll well, never forget that. Wow. Mm. With or without beverages. Which may or may not be alcoholic. We're we're playing stump the Schwab here with the baseball prospectus annual, basically. So we are going to read comments and we are going to keep the players they concern anonymous, unid- unidentified, and it will be on everyone else playing, including you, the listener, to try to guess the identity of the player whose comment we are reading. However, for added difficulty and in greater recognition of the annual's long and storied history, we're not going to limit it to this latest annual. We're going all the way back. This can be from any year in the annual's history, which, again, extends to 1996. That's 29 years, 29 annuals. Now, we can talk about whether we're going to give hints, whether we're going to say what year the comet comes from, whether we're going to restrict ourselves to players of a certain career accomplishment level, let's say. 
but we're opening it up. We're going to remember yeah. some guys or possibly fail well, to remember some guys. We're going to not remember some yeah, guys. Yeah, more well. likely we will be forgetting some guys and we will be reminded of some guys too late. But that's the way this will work. Each of us has selected six comments from various years, including one comment from this latest annual. But only one from this latest only annual. Only one. Only one. Because we don't want to step on other iterations of the game, Ben. No, but we did no. want to promote the latest incarnation. Yes. And then the other three will try to name that player. And I guess we didn't talk at length about the scoring system here, but I guess if you stump the other three, you get a point. And if you name the player, you get a point. I don't know if that's going to sure. work out or not. It's, it doesn't have to be balanced. It's, it doesn't it, really matter because it really it's, matter. It's, <laughs> it's, it's about the journey, not so much the score yeah. at the end I, of it. I will also note, just for people who are not familiar, uh, you, we we remove the player's name from the comment, but also <laughs> any other extremely identifying context. Right. Uh, so someone might leave in a prior team name, but if it's a dead giveaway, they might remove it. Yep. Um, you know, it just depends on the situation, but that's that's the basics of it. I will also note uh, we are doing the 2024 annual drinking game in which people will be drinking uh, on, I believe it's the For All You Kids podcast on Sunday. So that'll Ooh. be out early next week if okay. you want another dose of this. Okay. And and arguably a, a rowdier dose than this one. <laughs> a rowdier dose, and you you it's from this from this year, so you, right. you might know more of the players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this will whet your appetite for that, or whet your whistle. I don't know. There. That sounds oh. sounds obscene somehow, but it's really not. <laughs> it's just about drinking. I'm going to humbly vote that we do include the year because I one of the one of the things that I believe uh, the truisms of this game is that it is harder than it feels like. Oh, when it's you're picking impossible. comments, it seems like it's easy. I'm not going to um, get any. That, okay. I'm I'm just establishing here. I would be shocked if I guessed anything. I mean, I'm trying to lower expectations, but also my expectations really are low. And I with my selections here, I, I'm not going super obscure. We we talked about whether we should have a cutoff for career warp. But we did not really agree on whether to do that or not. But I, I've sort of, I've kept it to, you know, names you would know, like uh, players of a certain fame, right? So uh, it won't be super obvious, but it, it won't be super obscure either. Can I ask a question of the, mm -hmm. the current BP contingent on this pod? Mm -hmm. Is Warpa the preferred pronunciation <laughs> of your marquee stat? No, but I was I was trying to... I think he was trying to do like war slash yeah. P. Parentheses like, yeah. P. Yeah. I was, I was trying to be accommodating and polite yeah. to our, oh, our yeah, guests no, and, and the, yeah. the different name of their win value metric, which has a yeah. P on the end. As, yeah. as with anything that I'm involved in, Meg, I think people should just say it how they want. Yeah. And, you know, I'll I, just answer. That's fine. I do pronounce your defensive metric derp, and I will yeah. be doing that as I read one of these comments. Oh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that was intended or not, but it's it derp to me. But, uh, okay. was <laughs> it was the very first thing that I asked Craig about it, but. It's drip. No, it's, uh, it's fine. Derp is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. You guys want to go first since this is your book and uh, you're the guest also? You're the you're the editor, Patrick. Sure, I'll go first. All right. Yeah, Patrick has an unfair advantage when it comes to the 2024 comments. <laughs> or, or just higher <laughs> expectations, one of the two. True. <laughs> no, to be yeah. clear, 
when you know, not to you know, in the editing process, I edit one third of the comments, so I have a okay thirty three percent chance of forgetting something I directly edited as opposed to <laughs> uh, the others. <laughs> All right, so this first one is going to be from the twenty twenty annual. Mm, okay. All right. In an early season episode of Effectively Wild, Ben Lindbergh <laughs> declared that this player is as watchable of a player as there is, quote, for a non-star player. <sighs> this first part held up as he again dazzled with a sublime collection of moonshots, lasers, and tremendous catches, including a memorable home run robbery that preserved a no-hitter for his pitcher. But player name isn't just a ball player who shines occasionally anymore. He's a star in his own right. And in an era where the big bashers run amok, Player name's well-rounded game makes him a rare five-tool player. His team was somehow able to acquire this guy for a minor leaguer starter named Brandon Bailey, and it's turned into one of the low-key steals of the decade. Well, you would think I would know this because... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I have a guess. I I don't recall really saying that specifically, but I... (laughs) The the preserving a no-hitter clue rings a bell so i will hazard a guess here i guess unless anyone else we're not like buzzing <laughs> you, in it's you not can go first. Or, that's all right go ahead ben. is it is it ramon Laureano? that is correct it is ramon Laureano. wow, wow. okay yep. wow all right wow. i'm more impressed that you remember anything from 2020 <laughs> well really that was from before 2020. No, 2019, but, before the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, so. I see. <laughs> yes. <I see. laughs> if not for that clue, I do not think I would have remembered this, I, even though I was quoted in this comment. I was somehow leaning towards uh, Randy or Rosarena. Mm. Yeah. He and, was quite and entertaining. Something because I, and it was like, and when you said like acquired for a minor league pitcher, I was like, ooh, am I right? And then it was Brandon <laughs> Bailey, and I was like, no, that's no. not right, but I don't know who it is. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm on the board. I did not expect to be on the board. That's exciting. I should mention that Craig provided us with a enormous spreadsheet of every BP mm-hmm. annual comment ever. Which, yeah, well, I, uh, I was going to say uh, research assistance to, to Robert Al. Credit for research assistance. <laughs> okay, to thank you, Robert. Who, did, who yeah. pulled this? Yeah. Yeah. It turned out I didn't actually need this really because I just I I just looked up whichever players came to my mind and uh, and I I do have all the books handy and also they're on the player cards on the website so I noted this though because I I did sort of a mini stat blast based on just having this incredible wealth of BP player comments here first of all if you're wondering how many BP player comments have there been in the past twenty nine editions. There have been 51,820. That's how many rows are in the spreadsheet, at least, it's assuming it's complete. We're some, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Don't take it as gospel, but, but roughly that. And if you're wondering, well, how many words does that amount to? I calculated that with an Excel formula I had never heard of before, but gave me that answer, which is 4,710,000. <laughs> 316. And I was going to do the math to be like, do you know how many books that is? And then I remembered it's 29 books. That's that's, that's, that's what we're doing. I should note, uh, Lindbergh is in the book, uh, in the collector of books uh, six times. Okay. You just saved me a search because I was going to name search. Yeah. Um, I do want to note that just the the first comment in the spreadsheet and – I will note that from from 1996 to 2003, we don't have the player names to them right now. We can it, it's we could have gotten them, but I told Robert like it's all right, like yeah. we'll be okay. Yeah. But the first one is just a line out 
1996, and it just says, yet another non-hitting catcher for the card system. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, okay, that's mine for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell most of them because they will say the name, but uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of tough to tell. I also was able to look up, since I, I had the cumulative word count there, which I think, by the way, so this spreadsheet does not actually include the 2024 edition, right? Correct. So that was actually an underestimate, which means I think that next year, probably the 30th edition, we will go over 5 million cumulative words just in player comments alone, let alone the essays and everything. But I, I sorted by the shortest and longest comments because I was curious. Oh <laughs> shortest and longest comments ever. And I'll tell you the the shortest annual comments ever. So one of them also from 1996 just says journeyman catcher. <laughs> and, and I don't know the name. There's no name. So, but that is the shortest. Now, you know, line outs are shorter than full comments. I don't remember if they had a distinction then in 96, but there was more variability probably in the comment length back then. But that's the shortest, two words. However, there are two three-word entries from more recent editions, and they were both highly amusing, I think. So the 2014 comment or line-out for Pedro Feliciano just says, Pedro Feliciano, again? (laughs) 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 Three words. And then from the 2016 edition, the line-out for Christian Turnipseed says, (laughs) Christian Turnipseed, (laughs) y'all. Fantastic. The soul of wit. Listen, sometimes we're tired. (laughs) Yes. Honestly, I forgot about Christian Turnipseed. I don't know. How did I not know that name? (laughs) The longest ever annual comment comes in at 590 words. Oh, Oh, my God. It's an article. <laughs> it it basically it it hails from 1996, so they hadn't okay. maybe quite oh, gotten the not, format not down okay. yet. Yeah. And it is, I would say, a screed against <laughs> Joe Carter. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's it's very representative of uh, you know BP 1.0 yes. early you know BP the the caustic wit of uh, BP the us against the world you know outsider mentality when BP was outsiders and the first part is just like about various trade rumors and it's just very conversational it's just we're just chatting about Joe Carter here and then the entire second half of it is like various lists on which Joe Carter ranks low. <laughs> it's an article. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it says that many people will tell you, as far as Carter the player is concerned, it says like hundreds of words into the comment, <laughs> many people will tell you he's capping off a great Hall of Fame career. And then it says unprintable expletive. <laughs> <laughs> And then it says, uh, here's how he ranks in various important categories. And it was not high in most of them. And there's like a long list of names that he is below in all of these various statistical categories, just to really drive home the point (laughs) that Joe Carter, not as good as the mainstream fans of 1996 would have you think. Take that beloved millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
that's you know that's really the difference between uh, now and 1996. The only difference is <laughs> is just the more measured tone that we take when it comes to perhaps players whose stats don't match the rep, and and there's probably not as much of a divergence between stats and sure. rep anymore yeah. to begin with, but. If there were a player who we thought was perhaps somewhat overrated by the the hoi polloi, we we probably would not be so exercised by it. We probably would not say unprintable expletive. You know, we we might provide the we'd print that expletive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that's the big difference. It would not uh, anger us as much. I think we we've all kind of calmed down now that we're not uh, outsiders sniping because we're not let in the inside. To to to. to defend our 1.0 friends real quickly. I, I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of research for a series that I've been doing this offseason called TI-94. And yeah. I'm doing a lot of research on 1993 baseball transactions. And man, the actual sports writers were a lot meaner back then, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Anytime sure. a guy got paid more, like $2 more than he was worth as a player, uh, the knives came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The second longest comment, by the way, is 2005 Cole Hamill's 507 words, and uh, it's all about whether his elbow was injured or not. <laughs> and uh, it, it Rim- ends, riveting stuff, I'm sure. I, I know it holds up really well, <laughs> and says we're the sorts of people who react to fear by attempting to collect as much information about a situation as possible. And in the absence <laughs> of complete information, it's at least worthwhile to attempt to prevent misinformation, even if it takes half a page to do it. So there was BP. Oh, so there was some some cognition awareness. That this was yeah yeah there was this was perhaps a lot. Yes, a bit self-deprecating, but BP combating misinformation in 2023 and 96 and 2005, just with slightly different tones. Okay, Craig, you want to go? Sure. Uh, This is from the 2004 annual. Okay. For all intents and purposes, the player should be a star by now. He was among the best hitters. In I the picked le- this one. Wow. Oh, are you kidding? What? Okay, well, That's so well, great. <laughs> I thought to myself, like, should I bring a backup? And then I thought, no. There are 51,000 no. of these. What? How is this possible? That's uh, so would you, funny. I have seven. Ben, if you would like this one, I can start somewhere else. Except, oh well, you know gosh. the answer to this yeah. one. Well, I so do, I, and I will, I will abstain. Nice, easy point for you. Uh, <laughs> no, I can abstain on that one. Uh, mm, mm, I mean, I, I could probably quickly. Well, I guess we I, have, I have to. I mean, I have it. I did. I did six and forgot to do one from twenty twenty four. So okay. one way or another, one. I guess we gotta we gotta do. Would your you like to take over? Otherwise, take I over just get a free I, point. I'll have something. Else. No, you can. No, you go. Just do one of your other ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll I'll start over for everybody. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, the player should be a star by now. He was among the best hitters in the league at every level throughout the minors, and he was doing it when most boys his age were working to get to get to this position in that other, less wholesome way. So what <laughs> happened? It's tough to tell. He doesn't appear to have any off-the-field issues. Despite reaching the majors at a young age, he wasn't rushed. Like Andrew Jones, the player will also often look brilliant for weeks at a time, then regress for no apparent reason, leaving analysts scratching their heads. At 25, he still has some breakout potential left. But he's living proof that forecasting isn't an exact science. I know, I know. <laughs> Patrick or Meg? No, I, I don't have anything for it. I, yeah. Now, I will say in the drinking game, we we do allow people to purchase a a hint, which is usually the division okay. uh, of the player 
for for a uh, for a sip of the beverage. But I'm obviously, having, we're not drinking. But I'm drinking a grapefruit seltzer. If you'd if you'd like, I can I <laughs> it's can provide a hint. It's a non-alcoholic seltzer, to be. Clear. But are you enjoying it, Meg? It's yeah, a warm actually, seltzer. Okay. I, um, well, it's on its way. You know, it's like <laughs> on the 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 edge of viability as seltzers go, probably. Uh, can we have the division? The NL West. Oh. <laughs> the 2004, 2004? NL West. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if my, I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going to say Adrian Beltre. That is correct. Woo! Hey. Oh my gosh. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. I, I picked this both because of his recent entry into the Hall of Fame, uh, mm-hmm. because he's a Dodger and I, I'm a Dodgers fan. And also, I just really liked... Uh, he has some breakout potential left, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, yeah. but yeah. but who knows? And then his 2004 was actually fantastic. So, yep, yeah, I like the he was he was doing it when most boys his age were working to get to third base in that yes. other less wholesome. <laughs> yeah, way. I wasn't sure if that was too much of a giveaway. I was so going to read the third base that. part if I read it, but that that sounds like a Steve Goldman line to me. I don't know it if does. it was, <laughs> but it, it smacks of Steve. It's a good one. Okay, wow. I feel right. like mine are too easy. <laughs> that's good know. that's what we need yeah i'm surprised mm. we're two for two here okay this is from 2000 i also have some that are like i'm realizing maybe too recent but this one's from 2009 so okay right. few pitchers can produce the kind of numbers that this pitcher has by pitching his way he throws his fastball less than 40 percent of the time using it as more of a trick pitch to throw hitters off when they're looking for his changeup or slider the scouting term for this is pitching backwards and even those who can do it well are generally relegated to back of the rotation status he is different than most backwards pitchers however he actually has good velocity his command is impeccable and his changeup really is that good he makes it look easy and he should be an above average starter for quite some time is pitching backwards what the annuals publisher is doing this year? Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of that mediocre mm. joke for most of the second half of that comment, and thus <laughs> I did not hear part of the clue. <laughs> Do you need a reread of any of those sentences, Ben? Uh, so 2009, 2009, he doesn't throw a lot of fastballs. Mm-mm. And what else? <laughs> He is different than most backward pitchers, however. He actually has good Mm. velocity, his command is impeccable, and his changeup really is that good. He makes it look easy, and he should be an above-average starter for quite some time. I have a guess, but uh, I will wait uh, for everyone else who has not had a chance to guess yet. Well, I had a chance to guess already, and I don't have one, so you can go as far as I'm concerned. Can I get a division? It would be the AL East. Oh, I no longer have a guess. (laughs) I had an, I had a thought, but it was not AL East. I don't know. I had a thought most of the way, and then the last sentence said "change up," and I was, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a good guess for this. And you and you were worried it was too easy. Well, <laughs> some of my other ones are easier than this. This is arguably my hardest one. I was going to honor Sestouli and guess Corey Kluber. <laughs> no, it's not Corey Kluber. Ben, you've stumped the panel. It's James Shields. James oh, Shields. That's, oh, I'm I'm embarrassed. Big I feel, game, I James. Yeah, the astronaut James. lion. Yes. Mm. I was like, did I remember well when he got when he started moving around? I did. I did. Hmm. All right. All right. Point for Meg. Okay, my turn. All right, I am going one year earlier, 2008. Okay. For most of last year, the magic was back. 
player, now somewhere between 40 and 60 years old, was changing speeds with aplomb, snapping off curves and using his deception to maximum advantage. Then at the end of August, his foot started hurting and that was that. Player made just one start in September, was rocked, and didn't reappear until the final week of the season. Restricted to the pen, he made three appearances, but didn't pitch more than an inning and a third in any of them. Following off-season bunion surgery, Player will be back in the rotation in 2008. Though he'll pitch well at times, he won't make it all the way through the season. Still, half a season of Player is better than none. The team just has to be prepared for the other half. God. Review your mental lists of baseball bunion Bunions, surgery havers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this could be like the, the oldest sounding thing I've ever said in my life. You don't really hear about bunions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my mom had a bunion. Oh, Why well, I really, haven't heard about it till now, Ben. Sorry if you didn't really want me painful, to talk about that they? on a podcast, Mom. Anyway, she doesn't have a bunion anymore. She got yeah, that thing lapped off. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean, sure, off. but but I feel like they were so like a common thing people comment. dealt with for a while. Maybe people's shoes didn't fit as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. People were on just their feet more. Who knows? Just like, I don't know who this player is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. Oft injured foot issue. The magic was back, which magic implied. Yeah, I feel like that's a hint here. He was old, between 40 right. and 60, the comment said. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, I'm, mm, but he was I, a starter. So yeah. he can't. I have a he guess. He can't go but to like I, Jesse or Roscoe or whatever. I have a guess, but I, I really don't know if I'm right. <laughs> I have a guess, and I'm pretty sure I'm not. So. Um. And I'm maybe just leaning on the age part in a way that is pr- like too soon in this individual's biography. Hmm. I don't remember if this was an issue he had. I knew that there were, I know there were issues. I don't know if this was the issue. Can mm-hmm. I guess? Mm-hmm. Is it Bartolo? It is not Bartolo. Okay. No. Yeah. He was oft injured at that time, but it was more, it was arm stuff more, right? Yeah. And uh, he was merely in his mid 30s yeah, at young. that time. Right. Yeah. This is All what right. I'm saying. I was like, um, I, have yeah. a, I have a guess. Okay. okay. I guess John Smoltz. Not John Smoltz. Okay. He was old. Doesn't he feel like he has bunions, though? It would explain a lot about his personality. (laughs) Patrick, who's Um, your guess that you think is wrong? I'm going to think it's Roger Clemens. Not Roger Clemens. Yeah, I thought about Clemens, too. All right. I have stumped the panel. The answer is El Duque. Uh, Orlando Hernandez. That checks out. Was the very first player who came to my mind for whatever reason of all the possible players. <laughs> I thought El Duque. I liked El Duque. So during his Mets era, which mm. I frankly had forgotten about, but he, he finished pretty strong with the Mets in 2007. And then this comment said that uh, he'd be in the rotation in 2008, but only for half a season. As it turned out, he did not pitch in the majors in 2008 mm. or in any subsequent season. So that was the end for him. But he had bunion surgery, I guess, because of his like leg kick and plant, or at least that was what oh. another BP annual comment implied. Hmm. So yeah, I'll do okay. I will do my 2024. Uh, Ooh, okay. We've done a lot of old ones. Yep. Every now and again, as if to underscore how huge and remote parts of this world can be, scientists will rediscover species previously thought lost to time. From the coelacanth, 
a prehistoric fish believed to have disappeared with the dinosaurs, but was found off the coast of South Africa in 1938. This is not helping me so far. To Wallace's giant bee, a uh, giant bee, last seen in the late 1970s, before turning up in Indonesia in 2019, there are plenty of creatures who didn't vanish so much as go into hiding. So it was for this pitch, which on June 24th, 2023, Ooh. returned to the majors after a two-year absence. Out of the- can I, can I, wait, we probably multiple people know. What do we yeah, do? Yeah, I'm sure. I, this one might yeah, be too I, easy. I have a guess. <laughs> wait, wait, let's, wait, can we say it at, what, just do everyone a three, say two, it once. One, okay. two. Wait, 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 wait. Do wait. we say it on one? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, that's no, one. no one ever synchronizes. Do we do three, two, and wait, then on one? Wait, don't you want to finish reading the comment? I've like, heard enough. It's three, two, one, <laughs> then yes. say it. All right. Yeah, Meg, wait, Meg is asked for the reading. Sorry. Yes. So it was for this pitch, which on June 24th, 2023, returned to the majors after a two-year absence out of the right hand of player name, who in his first MLB start tossed 13 of them against the Nationals. The results were nothing special, which is also true of his season as a whole, but regardless, he is now keeper of the flame. The torch passed to him for as long as he can keep it burning. Given his otherwise pedestrian arsenal, a 91-mile-per-hour fastball and some dubious breakers, that may not be for long. Okay. So we're doing three, two, right. and then on three. one. On one. Names. No. Oh, wait. we're doing on one. Okay. Wait. Fine. No. Wait. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> this is why it. we have to clarify. All right. So we're saying the one and then the name. We're saying That's... the one and then the name for podcast okay. purposes. Okay. Like, like right. one less person talking when everyone says their answer. <laughs> three, two, one. Matt Waldron. Waldron. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you have something to say? <laughs> Do you have an accusation to Did I hear I an echo? <laughs> Patrick, was I slightly behind as you constantly no, actually, accused you guys me? Were, I, we were all perfectly synchronized. You're, as you're I heard. perfectly yeah. synchronized, Greg. Yeah. I don't know what you're yep. talking about. Yeah, okay. points to each of us. Uh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> I would say his season was something special, in fact. Yeah. That, I, I would quibble with that. Yeah, with that, that author, who is, uh, you know, John Taylor, disgra- mm. you know, disgracing yeah. the annual by his overly critical nature. Um, yeah. John. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, Craig's up. Uh, by the way, is anyone keeping score? No. <laughs> uh, no. I <laughs> thought you were. Uh, yeah, I thought you were who kept making note matter. of points. Don't you, I know, pe- I don't you have people to do matter. that for you? Yeah, don't you? I, I we, was we told, do have uh, official despite, scorekeepers. But, despite yeah. not being up on podcast news, I was told there was a passing of the torch on the yeah. uh, scorekeeping I'll, front. I'll yes. tell you, I have one point. I, I have, I have, one. I have, I have f- one, assuming Waldron got me one. Yes. Yeah, Waldron and, and Loriano I have. So I've got, mm. oh wait, and then I stumped you with my pick. So I've got three points. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. Let's each try to from the score endeavor to keep track of our own score. Well, Everyone's score is too much, but okay. okay. All right. Craig. I will go uh, 2012. After playing just as poorly in Minnesota, the player was acquired by this team this past winter for a pair of non-prospects, and the results were tremendous. The player took advantage of the, of the home park's cozy left field posting a career-high 30 round trippers to go with the return of his fielding prowess, resulting in 4.4 warp, almost identical to his 2008 season. Despite his success, Pakoda is doubtful and wrong. In 2009, (laughs) the player had some mechanical problems that caused his swing to get too long and hampered his ability to pull the ball. The result was too many balls to straightaway center, the deepest part of most ballparks. In 2010, he made adjustments, but he experienced several power-sapping wrist injuries and saw his fly ball rate plummet. Health, reformed mechanics, a career-high fly ball percentage, and the park's friendly dimensions mean the player's power should repeat. 
I think I might know this one. Wait, I'm trying to. I have a mental image. <laughs> we have Wait, a, I don't. I, I don't want to put put it too much yeah. on the nose here, but we have a ringer. I feel like. <laughs> did, did you? Wait, did you? Did that include position in it? Um, that comment. It did not. Is he a second baseman? Uh, that is not how I conceive of him. <laughs> possible he played that. No, he actually never played that position. No, okay. So it's Maybe not I'm Danny not. Tartable. <laughs> a little after Tartable's time. Who am I thinking? I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of the guy who was an all star, and he like. All right, I get. Right, well, uh, clearly he was it's an all star. He was an all twice in uh, his career. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is the name? Brian? What? <laughs> <laughs> Brian? Just, it's my just guy, Brian. Brian? It's not, not Brian. Okay. Brian? Mm. Would you like a division? Uh, didn't you say something about the Twins? It was Twins in 2011. It was after playing poorly in Minnesota. I left that in as a hint. The uh, player was acquired by a different team. I see. Okay. Then, yeah, I guess. The AL East. Brian Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Brian no, Roberts. Not a second baseman. <laughs> not a second baseman, not named Brian, but other than that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to try know. to figure out who I was thinking of now. That's <laughs> I, I, I thought there were a lot of hints in this one. Yeah, this is, there are. Probably, I'm just yeah. bad at this game. I have a guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess J.J. Hardy. That is correct. Ooh, All right. Crap. Wow. What a poll. Yeah, I really I picked this one in part because uh, for well for a couple of reasons. One was that uh, they talked about the ballpark's cozy left field, which mm. no longer exists, and I thought that yeah. was that was fun. That's uh, tricky. And, and then also because it specifically said Pakoda was wrong, mm. um, and then he proceeded to uh, post an eighty one OPS plus <laughs> and slug three eighty nine. But yeah, you may you may credit me for knowing that uh, it is for the most shameful of reasons. I did play fantasy baseball in 2011 oh, and did okay. have JJ Hardy on my team and, on that year, so I lived through the 81 OPS. Well, no, no, he was good in 80 in no, 2011. Oh yeah, sorry, the twi- in It's the 2012 yeah. year that I remember. Yeah. Okay, I remembered who I was trying to remember. Who? Brian Dozier. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Which so was you, not yeah, the answer. Right. Minnesota second baseman. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean, Brian well, Roberts is very better. close, really. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, a, he didn't play for Minnesota, but aside from that. Yeah, no. Okay. I didn't anticipate having to give the year, okay? <laughs> okay? Okay. <laughs> I thought right. I wouldn't have to give the year. You, you don't want, if, if you think it makes it too obvious, easy to give the yeah, year, then don't. Yeah, you, you can omit. That's, we'll see how we do. We could ask okay. for it as a hint. Okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. okay. This eighth rounder has, uh, this is still too easy. I'm reading it anyway. It's <laughs> <Okay>. fine. <laughs> this, I, <laughs> Meg, I already have a guess, by the way. Yeah, I yeah. also have, I have a name in mind. <laughs> we'll do a three, two, one. <laughs> you already know. Oh, yeah, do the. Guess. Do the guess. <laughs> no, Before I, I, she reads no? the comment, you want to guess? All we know is eighth rounder. Eighth rounder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. go ahead. <sighs> I hate myself. 
The seventh rounder has taken well to pro ball, winning the California League MVP last year. He ma- he has mashed 53 home runs and 812 career at-bats. The simultaneous cause and downside of all that production is the uppercut swing and massive strength are frequently combined to launch the ball, Ooh, but also I result in, in a concerning have, number of strikeouts. More experienced pitchers in a less offense-crazy environment than the Cal League could use this player's approach against him. Massive uppercut is also the sum of his baseball skills as his speed and mobility he has the speed and mobility of a very firm pudding. He's the classic all-bat, no-field first baseman, probably. We're sure about the latter part, but he still has to survive the double-A test before we feel secure about the former. Wait, did you just say a position there at the end? Yeah. A, yes. Wait, what was the position? First I base. First base. Uh, I know who it is. Oh, well, that's <laughs> not good for I'm my very guess. Confident. I don't know, because I got anchored to thinking about someone... Mm. who I associated with an uppercut very strongly, Mm. and then it's not him. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. If you guys know, you can... You could do a 3-2-1. Greg, you you go ahead and take a guess. I'm not confident enough to make it to do a 3-2-1. Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. All right. I should have excluded the round, right? Was that... Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it helped. The the player I thought of when you said eighth round, although now I'm wondering if if they are, was Matt Moore. I thought this Mm. might have been a Matt Moore comment, which I think was an eighth rounder. Um, But then obviously was a bad hitter. Is is Paul Goldschmidt the only putting to a stolen 10 bases in a season? (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's also... Yeah, well, it's also great for how wrong it is, right? Right, yeah. That's why I picked it. Yeah. I thought it was was good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, right. I think were you're you, humoring you me, but I'll guess take it. Goldschmidt, Patrick? No, I, assume. I was not. No, I was, you weren't. I, I was going to guess somebody actually slow. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So I was going to guess Ryan Schimpf. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good call. Good call. Uh, that sound like said, a name I would prioritize. Even if you weren't going to, I appreciate you bringing up his name in the podcast. That's yeah. always helps. As, yeah. as soon as you said extreme uppercut, too many strikeouts. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, that can only be Ryan Schimpf. Mm. <laughs> it's just, I, I do need to say, one of my favorite all-time baseball pieces is Sam Miller. I think it was just a Diamondbacks preview one year. Uh, just wrote about like how people get better and it's not as linear as we think. And it was all about Paul Goldschmidt, like getting better in every facet of, yep. of baseball. Uh, it's just a tremendous piece of writing. Okay. I think every comment that compares someone's speed to an inanimate object is also a Steve Goldman trademark, I think, because he has mm. entertained me many times with those. I remember one, I I think he, he comped the late career Carlton Fisk in the outfield to an <laughs> action figure that you like push out and just pose with his glove pointing to the sky and he could catch it if it happens to fall into his glove. I forget the exact wording, but that one tickled me at the time. All right. My guy is from... 1996, first edition. And this was the second player who came to my mind after El Duque, for whatever reason. Since I'm someone who loved watching Gene Tennis, Gorman Thomas, and Rob Deere, it won't surprise anyone that I love watching player hit. Signing him for as little as team did, and has again, can be chalked up to geographic advantage. He supposedly finished as a regular catcher, and I've always thought it was very interesting how, media perception-wise, player went from being the young catcher that all of Oakland's pitchers asked for over Mike Heath to the waiver wire for not hitting to earning an all-hit, bad-glove reputation. 
So the clues in here, 96. He's compared to some three true outcome types. He was with the A's as a younger man. I have a guess. His uh, reputation went from good glove, no hit to the opposite of that. Yeah, this is going to be Patrick's turn. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops, it is. All right, Mickey Tuttleton. Yes, I don't know why my brain summoned Mickey Tuttleton after El Duque. I've just yeah. always enjoyed Mickey Tuttleton. I just always liked Mickey Tuttleton. I mean, I was kind of terrified you picked my guy because uh, I was going to do 96 next, and uh, like, even though the chances are one in 600, it's already happened once. So yeah, <laughs> right. I was ready for it. Yeah, the the first player name mention I omitted was actually a player nickname mention. It was it's, it's worse than one in six hundred, Patrick. It's no, like know, one yeah. in eighteen hundred. Well, the the ninety six annual didn't actually uh, do comments for everybody. Um, they, yeah, yeah. there's some they just left blank. So, and there were fewer major leaguers back then. We're going to go to two thousand four. Okay. In two years, one of the Molina brothers will be backing up this guy, one of the two best catching prospects in the game, along with Guillermo Curiz, not named Joe Mauer. Player named Pounded the Midwest League at 19, had a very good month in AA at 20. Great age for league performance. He's still getting reps behind the plate. Player name wasn't a full-time catcher until reaching the pros. But his defense is already considered an asset. That he was a shortstop in high school also may mitigate the usual concerns about the development of high school catchers. He may be the best of the big four Angels prospects. <laughs> okay, I... So a lot. There are a lot of clues. I can't believe you did a prospect one. That I know. is yeah. messed up. Number one. <laughs> um, I specifically did not do any of this. I'm terrible at auditory reading comprehension with these comments. I'm finding oh. like, this is a rough do, game for you. Then. Yeah, yeah. I do better if I were reading these than listening because I I just zone out and listen to the the <laughs> pl- like pleasant person reading the thing, and then I'm like, oh, I was supposed to pay attention to that. So but, mid. Midwest League, uh, <laughs> Angels big four prospects, obviously a catcher, high school shortstop, or yeah, high school shortstop. I mean, I have a name. What what year was this? 2004. Well, that's probably too early for my name, but I, ass- I assume this is someone who went on to do something. Yes, I, I would, would not, not have... pick a prospect to Boston. <laughs> yeah. This guy made it. I I feel like I should know this, and I just cannot come up with... Like catcher catching prospect for the Angels in two thousand four. I, I have a guess just because. Go for it. He's an Angels catcher. <laughs> that's that's all I'm going on here, and I know that would have been. See, my initial thought was Hank Hank Conger, and then I realized that that was going to be too early for Hank Conger. And then I thought, well, maybe it's Mike Napoli, but then I thought that's probably Ooh. too late for Mike Napoli. But then when I thought Mike Napoli, I thought about his counterpart, Jeff Mathis. Yeah, Jeff Mathis was going to be my guess. Yep. Well, you're both correct. It is Jeff Mathis. Oh, wow. Hit, hit I Honestly, he crossed my mind, but I was yeah. not going to get – I'm not claiming a point. Bad but first crossed prospect, my mind. Jeff Mathis. <laughs> okay. All right. It crossed my mind mostly because it's Patrick. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but then I thought, that doesn't sound right. Good one. Didn't recall that he was a shortstop previously. I did not know that. I also did not know he was like an like a like a a big four prospect. Yeah, he was yeah. legitimately good hitter. And then like Ooh. after that year, like J- Jeff Mathis, the hitter, showed up. Who are yeah. the other left. big four? That's what um, I want to know. Yeah, I also <laughs> did not 
remember. I thought he was maybe on the Angels later in his career for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I hope it's fun for the listeners who know things that we don't to yeah. lord it over us silently <laughs> yeah, or or to yell it in the, the privacy of their own home or wherever they are. If they're in public, you can do that too. Okay. Craig? Well, I'll go with 2017. Okay. If you thought The Walking Dead had 2016's ugliest moment with a bat, you didn't catch much of this player as a hitter. The defensive wonderkind finished 51st in true average among catchers with at least 150 plate appearances behind Juan Centeno, uh, Kevin Ploiecki, and the sentient remains of A.J. Ellis. Seriously, the players at bats were so lifeless, Peter King kept asking baristas if they'd heard about them. <laughs> Our catching metrics love him as a framer, but his arm looked more good than legendary in his first post-Tommy John season. And his much-ballyhooed rapport with the pitching staff? It mattered so much in April that the team screwed with a top prospect, but so little by July that the player lost playing time to Ryan Hannigan and Brian frickin' Holiday. In the era of three-year contracts for Jason Castro, players like this player have value. But his bat needs some quality alone time with Melisandre if he is to be anything more than a backup. Wow. Stuffed with pop culture references of the era here. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, I will admit to picking this mostly for the Peter King reference. <laughs> what year again? 2017. Do I get a point if I guess the author? 2017. Like, no. Um, okay. Uh, uh, you said but the name Ryan. But it should give you a clue. <laughs> you said the name Ryan Hannigan, right? I did. Oh, is wait, it no. Christian Vasquez? It is Christian Vasquez. Wow. No, I was not going to guess that. that. Good one. Yes. I was like, I, I, I knew the team. I knew the year. Did not know the name. <gasps> yeah. The one other thing is that they. It said like the team screwed with. Uh, it, he named Blake Swihart, but mm -hmm. I. I remember yeah, that, that would have been for a context. Yeah. That would have told me all sorts of things I already knew. Man. Yes. Mm. Wow. Nice. Okay. I feel very powerful. It helps because I also, he he named about eight other catchers. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, by yeah. process no, of it, elimination. 100%. Yeah. I would have guessed wrong had that not been in there. And the Hannigan. Like Hannigan. This, this, this describes Hannigan and Holiday yes. and Ploiecki, yes. perhaps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next wow. Turn. Oh, my Fresh off that, that triumph. Feels yeah. so powerful. My God. Um, okay. This is from 2014. Everybody's favorite substitute. This player appeared in 119 games, mostly as a defensive replacement and pinch runner, though he did not run as often as expected. Despite hitting below the Mendoza line, he walked at a decent rate, considering opposing pitchers have little reason not to throw him strikes. Do not be surprised if he lands in a front office after he tries to go flat, his tires go flat, rather, <laughs> and expect his Wikipedia page to crack 20,000 words before then. I can read it again, less rushed and with fewer errors, if that would be helpful to any of you. Uh, well, so it's just defensive right. replacement, Super very fast. Yeah, I can't Wikipedia hit. page. What? Uh, yeah, what is that? Mm. Wikipedia page. Yeah. Thought, thought it might cue someone. Wait. Oh, well, wait. Is it? No, but the rest of it does. I mean, I remember. Hmm. Mm -hmm. The person I most associate with overly long Wikipedia pages is Carson Sestouli. It's not, it's not I, Carson. Is it Jared Dyson? No. Oh, good guess, though. 
I associate long Wikipedia pages with Stephen Vogt. It is not well, Stephen Vogt. That's Vogt. not him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that doesn't fit. So it's also it's ends like, up in a front office. Who like what? I was gonna say Willie Boom Bloomquist no, at first. It's not um, Willie. Mm. So you're gonna find that error funny in a second. <laughs> hmm. uh, I, this is not it. But Scott put Sednick. No. Was it? Uh, Everybody's guessed, right? So I can, yeah, you I, win. Is it, <laughs> yeah, is, is it Samfold it's, now that I've guessed? It's Samfold. Oh, oh God, Samfold. Yeah. Well, man. Which makes Willie Bloomquist as a joke as a guess very funny to me, <laughs> given Darn the it. differences. I just yeah. interviewed Sam Fold recently. But, I know. Uh, yeah. He was quoted on this podcast. Uh, okay. Well, it is my turn. So I guess if I can find the right tab, which is doubtful, then I would do my 2024. Player is a capable bat with a capable glove or a weak bat with a strong glove or a strong bat with a weak glove depending on what one's narrative desires. So I thought that would make it tough for you, because he could be anything, apparently. He again overperformed his expected stat cast output notably, and DRC Plus is displeased with his more free-swinging approach, which sent his walk rate down to half of league average and his strikeout rate up to that level. Derp and DRS see his defense as roughly average too. On the other hand, if not for missing a month with a hit-by-pitch injury player likely would have led all infielders in StatCast fielding run value, and he did improve his quality of contact notably. At this point, player either has a lackluster 3.1 warp in two full seasons, a reasonable 4.0 baseball reference war, or an exceptional 6.7 fangraphs war. Well, I didn't edit this one. So. <laughs> it's a month with a hit by pitch. He's either good or not good. <laughs> He's either got a good glove or not. He's got a good bat or not. When you said it's two seasons, right? So he's like young. And an infielder. Mm, well, I said, yeah. I mean, I, I Is guess it just I said, the past two seasons. I guess it said in two full seasons. So make of that what you will. I have a guess. Okay. Is Hazard it. Isak Bredis? No. Oh, that is mm. a good guess. Anyone else want to? Hold uh, on. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> Stop brushing me. Can we get the division? Okay. You can get the division. The division is NL West. It's your specialty, Craig. <laughs> Missed a month with a hit by pitch. Ryan McMahon? Nope. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we do. We do hate Ryan McMahon. <laughs> yeah, well, I it's thought, a good one. You know. Ryan McMahon. Missed no, a month. No, I know, but like I'm thinking about Ryan McMahon. Um, missed a month with a hit by pitch. I feel like that should be giving me a clearer answer. I feel like I'm going to be annoyed because it's probably going to be someone I go ah immediately. I don't know, Ben. The answer is Tyro Estrada. Mm. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. So that's oh, fine. Okay. I forgot yeah. that he missed time. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought about him, but I did not. Okay. <laughs> well, why? Okay. Okay. All right. 1996 All right. again. Oh, my God. Um, player name, or Fonzie, as he's known on rec sport baseball, is the baseball equivalent of a lottery winner. It could just as easily have been Kevin Raymer. MVP? Don't make me laugh. 
It's probably better, better than a league average hitter, but only just. It isn't likely to maintain it. When this team developments, develops a legitimate big stick, records are going to fall like so many dead birds. It's a great place to see a game. And it's a lot of fun watching run score. But if you're fooling yourself, if you think that the performances are comparable. Player name is this generation's Tony Armas, but with a different kind of really neat hair. Defense is better than the numbers indicate. The park helps other people's fly balls and line drives, too. Interested in learning more? Read The Physics of Baseball by Robert Adair. I have a guess, but... I started thinking about Edgardo Alfonso as soon That's as you said Fonzie. That's who I thought. <laughs> but, <laughs> the rest but, doesn't make sense. Yeah, probably not. It also to... feels like he wouldn't read that if that was the... If it was the yeah. name. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So... Is this a Happy Days reference? Is there a player named Winkler? Jesse well, Winkler, Jesse Winkler. <laughs> is Daniel Winkler was too a young for that. <laughs> yeah, it's too young. I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, I don't know. All right, I'm, I can't believe this stumped everyone. It's Dante Bichette. Dante oh. Bichette. Yeah. Mm. Wait, where did okay. the Fonzie come in? Where? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the Fonzie was really a red herring for me here. I was yeah. fixated yeah. on the Fonzie. I'm glad I left that in. Because <laughs> he gotta, hit? Is it something about hits? I, I don't. I don't. I really, You'll have to ask uh, she and the Rex Sports. <laughs> They're doing a, a BP founder panel at yeah. the Sabre Analytics Conference. We got to yeah. crash the Man. panel just yeah, to ask who ask. wrote this. Why Dante Bichette oh, yeah, Fonzie? What's the connection there? <laughs> Someone will know probably. There's, there's probably something to this. All right. Craig? Let's do uh, 2016. The player's Wikipedia page alleges that, in no particular order, he accepted, quote, wine and sex, end quote, from the mafia in exchange for throwing games in another league, once spoiled a Steve Traxel no-hitter, embezzled $1.6 million as part of a beef noodle soup restaurant scandal, recorded the fastest ever pitch by his nationality uh, at 100 miles per hour, made two Olympic teams, was banned from the Australian Baseball League, and went eight years between MLB appearances. Can you believe Steve Traxel almost threw a no-hitter? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was so many clues. That was that have nothing a, that have very little to do. <laughs> I, I actually edited this one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wait, this is oh, this was a this year one? The, 2016. 2016. Okay. Years between I can is I can it, I can give a clue if you have, like, truly no idea uh, based on the nationality. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Was it? Wait, but you said, didn't you say something about Australian? Uh, he Olympic is banned team? from the Australian banned? Baseball League. <laughs> from the Australian Baseball League? <laughs> okay. You're going to give us national nationality? I'll take it. Uh, I will if, if, you, if you want. Yeah. Uh, Taiwanese. He has recorded the fastest ever pitch by a Taiwanese pitcher. Is it? Wait, eight years? I can't it, believe you're making them guess this. What, what, it's wait. one of the best comments ever. It is one of the greatest comments ever. I, <laughs> well, okay. Uh, it, I've, Jim Ming Wong was not out of the majors for that long and also no. didn't do all those other things. Um, initially, I was thinking Hong Chi Kuo because he had a colorful history, but that's not 
Wait, is it Han Chi Kuo? Wait, is it? I don't know if you're guessing or what. <laughs> Hong Chi Kuo was the first name that came to my mind because I remembered that he was involved. I've read his Wikipedia page on the podcast, I think, because he was involved with like match fixing or something. I, right? Well, but I, I think I didn't think he was gone I think for you're eight thinking years. Of the, the, Wait. the player that it is, but it is, oh, it is I, not Hong Chi Kuo. Wait, who am I thinking of? But he is from Taiwan, so that is a good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did tell me that. Meg, you got anything? Mm-mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Is, is, it, it, is it Ching Hui Sao? It is. All right. Oh. oh. Yeah, I did not yeah. have that. Well, he edited it. I don't think Patrick I edited it. I would not have known. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I understand that he is not <laughs> extremely well known, but you have to admit, this. these it's are very comment. incredible. It's a great comment. We're not actually trying yeah. to yeah. like. Yeah. prove anything here except that there's good writing in the annual and i feel like that helps to advance yeah, the cause that, that even if it's not in this year's edition this one. okay meg okay this is my uh 2024 this player has amalgamated enough secondary skills to make it increasingly hard to argue against his worthiness on the bottom of an active big league roster. He's both exceptionally quick and a savvy base runner. His switch hitting offers more flexibility when it comes to pinch hitting assignments. He's played every defensive position besides catcher as a pro. And in 2023, his play discipline improved markedly as he cut down on strikeouts while continuing to take a heavy number of free passes, enabling more opportunities for his speed to advance bases in a way his bat rarely allows with 30 grade power at best he should never be plan a at any position but plenty of managers would happily take him on their bench what year was this this, this is year. from this year this year yeah. yeah i really should pay closer attention to the words <laughs> <laughs> may i buy a uh division al west is it dylan moore no okay was it ezekiel dran no you've stumped the panel Craig, you were very close. It's Sam Haggerty. I was oh. deciding between them, and I went with, <laughs> I went with more because he was, like, more famous. If and it's I, a player Meg mentioned, then it's got to be Sam Haggerty. Just betting the odds. Probably yeah. your, your most well, cited Dylan, player on this I podcast. I thought Dylan Moore, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like he played a little bit more. Oh, I, w- I yeah. was legitimately deciding between them. Ben, I thought that the he should never be plan A at any position would tip <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no, that should have been the giveaway. You've, I had to issue an apology to Sam Haggerty, <laughs> literally on our last episode. And his name is now Ham Saggerty. That's another <laughs> thing you should know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going, and mine is from 2006. Empiricist David Hume had a wonderful (laughs) method of evaluating arguments. When faced with an extraordinary claim, he considered the truth value of its opposite. If the opposite claim is even more extraordinary, he knew to reject the greater miracle. Here's an example of the Hume test in action. As a 33-year-old, player posted the second highest equivalent average in team history among players with significant playing time, a mark that was also 25 points higher than his previous best. Player had the second highest slugging percentage behind Derek Lee and ahead of Albert Pujols. Of all NL players with more than 300 plate appearances, it was more than 100 points higher than his previous high in slugging percentage. Based on that showing, player got a two-year deal that could block the development of younger, better first baseman. I'm giving you that. Does player's career year in a carefully managed role indicate he's more valuable in the short term than the development of 23-year-old minor league stud, and I guess I'm going to give you this name too, Connor Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) 
As long as the team name continue to accept the greater miracle that player will maintain his O5 rates and they're better off with him in the lineup, things will not improve as quickly as they could. I've got this one. Wow. I, I, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know the team. The, one, the name I had doesn't make any sense. All right. Um, I, I, Patrick, go ahead. All right. Well, the fun fact is that this guy has written for the annual. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is Tony Clark. Yes. He oh. wrote the foreword for last mm. year's annual. Indeed. All right. Well done, Patrick. All right. Uh, second to last one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's from 2017. We are in the golden age of shortstops. Were, I guess. Much like in 1996 when we had Jeter, A-Rod, Garcia Parra, Tejada, Ripken, and Larkin, today we're enjoying Lindor, Correa, Seeger, Russell, Machado, and Bogertz. Player name is basically Omar Vizquel, which is convenient since Vizquel is the Tigers infield coach. Vizquel is not remembered as one of his generation's greatest shortstops. <laughs> but when someone brings up the name, you immediately think, oh yeah, little guy with Cleveland, he was good. And you're strictly referring to his defense. Images of slick highlights appear in your head out of nowhere. It's the same works for player name. Great instincts, strong wrists, and can throw the ball powerfully no matter which direction his body's moving. He's a delight to have on your team. Unless it's a fantasy team. Okay, I might know this one. I think I might. Maybe? I have a guess. I have a guess. I, Wait. Yeah, I have a guess. All right, so we're going to do three, two, one. this one then. <laughs> okay. All right. Not on one. Not on one. Three. Not on one. Two. One. Jose Iglesias. Hey, yeah. I knew it <laughs> Okay. Craig, you're up. I'm going to go to 2017. Jose Iglesias. Coming off, <laughs> coming off the least successful career as an angel since Lucifer, the player was a bit of a long shot to function as a productive player on this team. But sometimes long shots pay off, and he did in a smallish sample last season. Lefties are to the player what perfect games are to the guy who shares his last name with this player, or simple sentences are to another guy who shares this last name with with this player. But our guy with this last name was once again in platoon heaven against righties, reaching base at a 400-plus clip and hitting for solid power. Having exercised the angels and demons of his 2015 campaign, the player seems well-positioned to spend the next few seasons as the 22nd or 23rd best player on some team's roster. Life could be worse. Did you say worst career as an angel? Coming off the least successful career as an angel since Lucifer. Harsh. There, there may be some uh, editorial license there. <laughs> well, no, I understand. Thank, thank you. I understand. Do you mean to say there's hyperbole in the annual sometimes? <laughs> I think, you knock yeah. me over. It, I mean, I will say this. It was one year as an angel, and it was really bad. Okay, And platoon guy, right? That, you yes, said, correct. I have a guess. Platoon heaven against righties was in the... Heaven against I think righties. I have a guy who is the worse than the guy that this person is. <laughs> so if you all have a guess, are we doing righties. three, two, one? I, I don't have one. So I'll say uh, against righties. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Imagine being yeah. able to remember what hand anybody throws. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> but you're <laughs> against righties takes my guess out. So, no, I don't have a guess. I don't think All I have right. a guess. I remember, go for it. I remember that this is a platoon guy, but I can't even remember which way. <laughs> which way. Uh, is it Matt Joyce? It is Matt Joyce. Oh, wow. Good job. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just remembering some guess. guys. 
Yeah. Yeah. Matt Joyce. Wow. By the way, that year as an angel, a 60 OPS plus. He hit 174 and slugged 291. That's that's beautiful (laughs) stuff right there. Yeah. Is it my turn? Yes. Do you want to comment? Okay. Mm -hmm. I am not going to give you the year on this unless you ask for it for a clue. Okay. Okay. Aside from a 34 homer, 21 steal outburst as a healthy 24 year old in 1999, and that one time he hit two grand slams in one inning, Senior's career ra- wound up being frustratingly short on highlights for a player with such tantalizing tools. After flashing a similar ceiling in his full season debut, Senior's son is teeming with the same kind of potential to which his old man once laid claim. The calling card is his bat as he shows plus power, a smooth swing, and burgeoning pitch recognition, but he also brings good defense at short and plus speed to the table. Despite a double-A cameo at the end of the season, it will be a few more years before we might be looking at a special player for his team. For now, though, Mm. we'll have to settle for calling him the best prospect in a stacked farm system. Well, I, I think, think I we know all this know this one. one. <laughs> I think we do. do three, two, one. Some sort three, of two, trick. one. Okay. Three, two, one. Fernando, Fernando Tatis, Tatis Jr. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> okay. I told you mine were too easy, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah. Once you once you said the two grand slams and one, yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, that, that was significantly it. narrowed it down to one <laughs> possible <laughs> person. It could be the son of. Yeah. Okay, my guy is. From 2010, for the second straight year, player used his devastating fastball changeup combination to lead the majors in strikeout rate among pitchers with 140 or more innings pitched. The surprising part of that sentence isn't the strikeouts, it's the innings. Never before has player pitched that much in successive seasons, and the team deserve credit for keeping their fragile investment on the mound as much as they did. A few more home runs than usual and a career-high BABIP caused some ERA inflation, but player's stuff remains as dominating as ever. Now a free agent, his ideal destination is a contender that doesn't need many innings from him to reach the postseason, but can't afford to pay him like a full-time starter. The team once thought that described them, but player may be a luxury item only the biggest spenders can afford. This is a good comment. Like, that's yeah. A good comment. I mean, like, I have a guess, but I don't think the timeline matches yeah, up. I have, a, I have the right name, but for the wrong era. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, my, my first thought was Eric Bedard. Yeah, that but I don't kinda. know. But he wasn't a change-up guy, but it was like, you know, off-injured, yeah, lots of strikeouts. Right. Fits the profile right. some ways. Um, yeah, mine's too. Mine's the other way. It's too, he's too young. Um, this is going to be frustrating. <laughs> I'm going to be annoyed. I didn't get it. I will say pitcher, pitcher, pitch, like this game in general, like when it's pitchers, I'm, there are just so many freaking pitchers. Like mm-hmm. remembering what they all throw and like, yeah. what it, like it's, it's, yeah. uh, I'm mega UK if I guess, or do you want to guess yeah, first? Yeah, go ahead. All right, no, I'm going to go with Scherzer. Nope. Yeah. My, my, the one that's wrong is Chris Sale, which uh, feels like that describes him really well, but yeah. All right. Meg, got a guess? No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a guess. I'm sorry. I don't know. Rich Harden. Mm, Rich no, Harden. Good, good yeah, would, that makes sense. I wouldn't have yeah. that. Yep. Yep, I'm mad. I was right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have guessed Ben Sheets, probably. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Would have been wrong mm-hmm. with but my own curveball, comment. But he's right? He was a curveball. Yeah, that's true. All right, my last one. And okay. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> 
2015 is the, mm. the uh, year for this one. Okay. It pains to admit this, but the truth is unavoidable. Player name is more of an org guy than a prospect at this point. A slap first hitter, scouts are divided on his hit tool, but he displays 25 grade power at best, and most feel that he'll never stick at shortstop. And while player name has received plenty of headlines over the years, and his intangibles are undeniable, one can't avoid the fact that he's been developing the organization for an eternity. At this rate, he might not even see time at the major league level in 2015 or perhaps ever. Well, I'm guessing he did. Okay. I, so I I know, I mean, Patrick, I I feel I should remove myself. <laughs> you want to remove yourself from this one? Cause I believe this is one you wrote. Uh, it is one I wrote. Yes. Okay. So I know, yeah, I will. Okay. I will. Craig is recused. It was, it was very late. And I was like, I'm just, I know it's, it's tacky, but I'm going to, I'm going to take one of my own because I remember it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's Derek Jeter. Oh. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. The joke was that he was, uh, he was done. <laughs> wow. It was, it was the comment he re- I wrote after he'd retired and that he didn't uh, play baseball anymore. That is cruel. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I feel so cheap. I'm still going to take the point, though. Um, <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so I have not done my 2024. So I, I do have an extra one, but I will do my 2024. Okay. 82.3, 79.1, Those were the average velocity of the player's throws each year from 2020 through 2022. At that rate of decline, he'd have been throwing beer league softball speed by the end of his contract. Elbow surgery re- reversed the trend, and his arm averaged 81.2 miles per hour in 2023. That was still only in the 25th percentile, but it was enough to, to shift him back to the six. Now the player's team ha- finally has a shortstop who rakes. What's that? He doesn't rake anymore? There's no surgical fix for that. After so-so offensive seasons in 2021 and 2022, he swung at air more often than a windmill. The 168 plate appearances he managed aren't enough for a referendum on an eight-year veteran, but with four years remaining on his deal, this contract has the potential to bounce, just like too many of his throws to first. I have a guess. I have a guess, too. I have a guess. All right. Ready? (laughs) Three, two, one. Trevor Trevor Story. Story. Yep, we all got it. Okay. It was easy, but like I said, I forgot 2024, so I found one. It's quite pleasant. All right. Meg, oh, last okay. one. I'm not giving you the year for this one either. This player suddenly and startlingly, startlingly exploded onto the professional baseball scene. He took the lemons of being drafted one of the worst possible years and made lemonade by slicing and dicing his way through each fruitful level of the minors. He bombarded minor league hitters with eye-popping velocity, tearing through all four full-season levels, mostly at A, before earning a cup of coffee in the majors. In his first inning as a big leaguer, his fastball topped out at 100 and it became immediately clear why his team decided he could potentially help them out in October. He didn't end up pitching in the playoffs at any point and is likely to resume a role in the starting rotation next year. Aside from the blazing fastball, he offers a plus breaking ball with sharp downward tilt and slurvy break. He hasn't had to use a third pitch much, and while two-pitch starters are more and more common these days, he might well be suited for leaf dominance when it is all said and done. What year is this? Yeah, she won't tell us. Um, oh, right. <laughs> I'll give you a division, though, if you want. Sure. Okay. Does everyone want a division? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a division. Is everyone interested in a division? It's the NL East. NL East. NL East. Oh, I think I. I think, think I have I a know. guess. Yeah. yeah, I have a. I have a. I have a strong feel. All right. 
I don't know if I do. Do I? No. <laughs> do you? I All right. I, I don't think I do. All right. So, Patrick. All right. You want a three, two, one? Yeah. Three, two, one. Orion Kirkery. Spencer Strider. It's Spencer Strider. Oh. It was Spencer Strider. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought. Oh, I. I thought of Spencer Strider when uh-huh. you said uh, like there are more two pitch pitchers uh-huh. these days, and then. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't say Spencer <laughs> but I was the thinking relief like... The dominance thing was supposed to throw you off. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking like this would have been after Strider. I feel like Meg was picking ones where the where the author was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did that a lot, yeah. Yeah. I did that a lot. Way to help the brand, Meg. <laughs> yeah, like, well, no, but like, it's, this is the thing, it's just so hard. And even when, um, you know, it's wrong, like the process behind it is often sound, so it's fine. Yeah. I was We're thinking like Spencer Strider has been the pitcher who has established that you can get away with two pitches and so that this would not actually be Spencer well, Strider so himself. So the big thing was the 2020 draft. Right? Yeah, that, that, yeah. Right. I should have thought of it. I, I even I put a note on that down and then completely ignored it. Uh, do you want my one, the the one I have extra? Yeah. Uh, or no, we're, well, for that was the last one, right? Yeah, I have oh, Ben one. one more. Sorry. Yeah. Ben, go, go okay. I just quickly came up with a replacement for the Adrian Beltre one that Craig also picked. So <laughs> this is from 1997. And the question comment says, only 37. I thought player was at least 80 or so. Helped fill some gaps for the team last season. But his future is darker than Gordon Liddy's heart. <laughs> he knows how to pitch. <laughs> But it's hard to get people out when you walk nearly as many as you strike out, and he's pricier than the youngsters at this point, will undoubtedly be dredged up and poured onto the mound a few times for somebody this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, wow. I have a guess. Okay. I don't. I will let other people think. I also have to think Stephen Goldman wrote this. I would have thought that, except that I, this is probably before Stephen's uh Oh, that's true. Tenure, that's so. true. Yeah, but, but, but the, the darker Gordon than reference. Gordon Liddy, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's an old guy. Yeah, I have a guess. Okay. Yeah, I guess I have a guess as well, but oh, maybe I don't not. have a guess. I I okay. feel pretty good about mine. I don't I don't actually know anything other than it's just completely context from how the how it was written. Okay, all right. Go for, it, Craig. No, just go, go for it, Craig. You guess oh. first. Oh, okay. uh, oil can Boyd. No. no. Oh, okay. Okay. It's the right era, though. I'm trying to think of my... I'm trying think, to go through my 1983 soft cards in my head. right, was my thought. But like, no, Boyd's the right era. He's just retired too early. Okay. He, he, his yeah, arm gave out. Yeah. Um, well, no, but yeah, but 90, 90, he finished in 91, which, like, if I knew yeah. anything about history, I should, but it's not, the, should he's, have known. He was, he, was a, he was the right age. It was, like, dredged up and poured on the mound is what yeah. made me. Yeah. Uh, and all, all, the, all the pitchers I'm thinking of were guys that... Got started too young to be 37 in 1997. Um, everybody, the problem is that all those guys broke. <laughs> That's what the 80s did to pitchers. I'm thinking like Mark Guvaza and like uh, mm. Sid Fernandez, and they all, they were, they were, they were broken by then. Yeah. Um, no, Teddy Aguera, he's, he was gone too. Sorry, I, 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 I will feel bad. This is the first one where I actually would feel bad. <laughs> so I'm trying to give it some shot. Um, I could give you the team. Give, yeah, give me give me the division. Division's oh. all I need. Okay. 
So I guess I guess it, the, no, actually, it won't even help because like I won't know when you played a thirty-seven. I'm trying to think well, where you played it. The team I omitted helped fill some gaps for the cards last season. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So thirty-seven years old with the Cardinals. Cardinals in two thousand six. Adam Lane. Ninety-six. Yeah. Um. Could I'm gonna go. With, actually, I have a guess. Joke. I have a guess. I have a guess. Okay. Go I'm ahead. gonna say it's Andy Bennis. It's not. Oh. It's. Mike Morgan. Oh, oh. Wow. okay. Yeah. Craig said Jesse Orozco earlier in passing, and I think of Mike Morgan as the right-handed Jesse Orozco. Yeah, that's yeah. legit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Do you want Did my it? Do you want my extra? Well, my bonus one it doesn't have to count. a tiebreaker. Is the question? Oh, that's we, true. That's a good idea. Um, so I had nine. I think <laughs> I also have nine. Yeah, I, think I have I, five. I honestly forgot to keep track. I don't have. <laughs> I don't. I might not even have five. I think you had five, Craig. Okay. But I'm not, I don't have nine. All right. So, yes, we do need yours. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Well, here it is. Here it is. Right. The, do you want the year or should I withhold that because you're such experts? <laughs> you decide. No, I'll, I'll take it. I, All yeah. right. 2009. 2009. Every year has been a surprise with this player. He exploded onto the scene after getting picked via the Rule 5 draft in 2006 and then followed that up by crossing the 30 homer mark in 2007. For 2008, the shock value was in his first half line of 286, 374, 605, as it put him alongside Chase Utley as one of the position's premier sluggers. His second half did not go so well, with the player hitting just 225, 344, 398 from June 29th onward. If you listen to the man himself, a sprained ankle suffered the day before hampered his ability to hit the rest of the year. With a winter's rest, he should be back to his old slugging self come opening day. Whether he remains at the position for another year of poor fielding or moves to an infield corner is one of the team's key decisions. Okay, I have a guess. There's a lot. There's a lot of clues in there. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of clues. That's a good one. Um, ben, I'm gonna let you guess. Well, I sort of stopped listening after. <laughs> after it's the, such a, I, I was reading it so well, right? <laughs> yeah, it was mesmerizing. After the the rule five, the rule and, five then, yeah. and then there was like hit thirty homers or something. Yeah. Yes, correct. So I. Th- think i know should i say it yeah, do, you go want, for it. do we do, I, it? Yeah, go for it. do you have I a guess Patrick? i don't feel strong enough in my guess to do a three two one so is it josh hamilton it is not oh. <sighs> brutal okay well this is going to be really disappointing when i also get it wrong and we just end with the tie. <laughs> no i have i have more clues if you if you get it wrong we can get, right. i give you a clue it's okay to end with a tie. i'm I don't advocated think, for ties okay better than yeah i'm fine with the tie too i'm you know like yeah i'm happy with it i i I feel like I should know. I, I feel like at some point I sat down and went, I'm going to spend 30 minutes figuring out who all the good Rule 5 players ever were. And then, yeah, you know, I feel like I've it was very valuable too. for me to do that. And then I forgot yeah. it all. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to say Edgardo Alfonso. That is incorrect. Oof. Well, so Josh Hamilton, first of all, Ben, Josh Hamilton was a uh, was an outfielder. And this is, uh, put him alongside... Chase, Chase Utley, Utley. as oh, yeah. one of the position's premier sluggers. I, I had I had stopped listening yeah. by that point. <laughs> oh, positions. I didn't hear positions. Well, Edgardo Alfonso, I think, qualifies. Um, he's famous for what his last name means in Swedish. Where there's a famous fun fact. Hmm. You are a good lunda. <laughs> <laughs> making sounds. Just making sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody? No, none. Dan Ugla. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What does yeah. his name yeah. mean in Swedish? 
Is it something? Oh, I just comped Colt Keith to him the other day. Wow. Yeah. All right. But like in appearance, he too will be forgotten. Apparently. Wow. So rude to Colt Keith. Ty goes to neither of us or both of us. Both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats, We're guys. We're setting an example here. We don't need to change the rules in some sort of wonky, sudden death, <laughs> yeah, no. shootout, zombie runner nonsense. Yeah. We, we will accept the tie and walk away. Yeah. Well played game. Enjoyed it. Where can people purchase this fine baseball prospectus annual of yours and where should they? Uh, there is a books page uh, on baseballprospectus.com. It's in it's in the drop down uh, under features. There are multiple places. You can go to Amazon. You can go straight from our distributor. Uh, that is the best deal for us, and I believe gets shipped first. I will also note Amazon. I meant to mention this. Amazon, I think, is quoting a delivery date in April, which is not correct. Okay. Uh, it's being delivered now, so mm-hmm. in whatever form, but it's before April. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it you can get it there. I believe it's also at Barnes & Noble. It should be at bookshop.org, but last I checked, I didn't see it, but it usually is there at some point. It's it's basically wherever wherever books are sold, it, mm-hmm. it should be available. Please go and get it. Play this game with your friends. Feel free yep. to drink along it, alongside it if you are of drinking age. Yeah. <laughs> or make sure your seltzer is um, appropriately warm. Yeah. yeah. And inclination. Correct. Mm-hmm. I can't All believe right. you had cotton candy vodka that one time. Who brought that yeah. to oh. that party? Patrick, I, 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 who knows? I mean, it may have yeah. just been planted there. I re- I remember Meg was was going on the Lambrusco, which yeah. I don't. I feel I feel like you felt like it was a mistake. At um, some point. I mean, like here's the thing: um, it, the quantity makes the poison, really. Um, and mm. so mm-hmm. I think sucking out loud at the game was really the bigger mistake because it just <laughs> meant that I got hammered. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for playing. Thanks for editing. Gotta read them all. Add it to your collection. Go get it now. All right. By the way, just in case you've been wondering about this, I got to the bottom of the Dante Bichette nickname mystery. Why was he referred to as Fonzie in the 1996 BP annual? Well, it's because his first name is Alphonse. Alphonse Dante Bichette. I made some inquiries and Dave Pease, formerly a baseball prospectus, was the one who popularized this or tried to. He thought Fonzie sounded ridiculous. I guess it did. And so Dave said, I tried very hard to make it a thing pre-BP. Eventually, I guess he stopped trying to make Fonzie happen. But now we know, and I'm going to guess that we've already received emails from people who knew that Dante Bichette's first name was Alphonse and wrote in before they got to the outro. If so, I don't blame you. And I definitely wouldn't blame you for supporting Effectively Wild on Patreon, which you can do by going to patreon.com slash effectivelywild. The following five listeners have already signed up and pledged some monthly or yearly amount to help keep the podcast going, help us stay ad-free, and get themselves access to some perks. Andrew Becker, Paul Dowski, Gareth, Adam Krager, and Lael. Thanks to all of you. Patreon perks include access to the Effectively Wild Discord group for patrons only, monthly bonus episodes, playoff live streams, prioritized email answers, potential podcast appearances, discounts on merch and ad-free Fangraphs memberships, and so much more. Check out all the offerings at patreon.com slash effectivelywild. If you are a Patreon supporter, you can message us through the Patreon site, but even if you aren't, you can contact us via email. Send your questions and comments to podcast at fangraphs.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Effectively Wild on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast platforms. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Effectively Wild. You can follow Effectively Wild on Twitter at EWPod and you can find the Effectively Wild subreddit at r slash Effectively Wild. Thanks to Shane McKeon for his editing and production assistance. We will be back with one more episode before the end of the week. Talk to you about Corbin Burns and more very soon. A baseball podcast.
sticks instead.